0: The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You know, that comes from Matthew chapter 9, 37 through 38, New King James Version. And what a powerful statement to start off with, right?
1: Absolutely. You know, this, uh, again, this beautiful passage by Christ and reminding us that we have an opportunity before us.
0: Yeah, we we absolutely do. I, I remember the first time this. Uh, scripture came to came to life was actually joseph kidder came and did a church growth uh a summit and he says he started praying this every wednesday in his church uh every wednesday for you know sometimes five to seven hours Mm. he says within five year period his church grew from 50 to over 500. wow and i remember i put this into practice and i started doing that same thing praying that prayer Mm -hmm. and within a year my church went from about 18 to over 100 you know so So it's amazing to see what happens when you pray those scriptural prayers.
1: It's a promise.
0: Yes, it is. It is a promise. All right. So this kind of leads us into our our lesson this week is talking about labors in the harvest through small groups. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, can you tell us about sort of this first small group?
1: Well, I mean, where, where can you go except to the beginning, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and our lesson takes us there with Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden where God created... Humankind, and when he did that, he created them to live in relationship. And he at least created Adam long enough so that he had a sense of longing, of missing that there was something more that he needed. And I think that's probably a good thing that he appreciated Eve when God actually created Eve uh, from the rib. And there they were living in community. And it wasn't just the two of them either, that you know, scripture is very clear that you know god would walk with them in the garden and so there was obviously in relationship so there's almost like there's a trinity in the original garden a small group yeah yeah no it's true it's a small group it takes three
0: yeah and right from the beginning and he wants them to understand his dynamics relationship as well because he even tells them later be fruitful and multiply right yeah so eventually your family is going to become a small another another small group and keep
1: multiplying so and uh, I, I guess that's natural church growth at its finest. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and and the lesson goes on to point out that not only is it Adam and Eve there, but, you know, the Trinity itself, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, here uh, in the very essence of the Godhead, or sometimes we'll use the word the Trinity Uh, But this idea that here there is three, because it kind of makes sense. You can't have just one. Otherwise, how can there be selfless love and service to someone else? There has to always be someone, something more. And it can't be just one. But when there's three, there can always be that mutual. uh, And so the Trinity itself, while in a way it's so profound and beyond us, it it, it is in a way it's a small group, you could say, I guess, and that the three are interconnected and always live to serve and love and and that's a model of the Godhead itself and it says we're created in the image of God. So I guess it shouldn't be a surprise to us that that Adam and Eve, that small group is modeled after the divine.
0: Amen. No, it's just, it's just true. Yeah. And uh it kind of leads us into our, our Mondays lesson. Yeah. And it gives us some more ideas of uh small groups in scripture, mm-hmm. which kinda gives us this element which is we need people to help, right? So yeah. Exodus 18, 21 through 25, it's a, a famous scripture. I know a lot of pastors love it because it gives them some relief, right? <laughs> uh, it is excellent. It is Power of delegation, right? It, it, it is, right? It's, sometimes we over-delegate, I get it, but we realize very quickly we can't do it all. We, yes. need, we need others. We need mm-hmm. people. So in and uh, Acts or not not Acts Exodus uh, eighteen twenty one through twenty five we see that Jethro is giving um, his mm-hmm. son in law he's yeah. giving his son in law some some uh, wisdom here I'll just read verse twenty one Moreover you shall select from all people able men such as fear God men of truth hating covetousness and place such over them to be rulers over thousands of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. Yeah. So he breaks it down. These small groups saying that it's too much on you. You're spending all day d- dividing and being a judge. So you need these people to stand mm-hmm. in the gap for you as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and also uh, there in Luke chapter six, uh, 12 and we see Matthew 10 and Mark three, 13 through 15. Jesus, when he came here to this earth, who was God, decided not to go at it alone. Yeah. He decides to call and uh, my my former mentor, uh call call them Knuckleheads.
1: <laughs> uh, J.R.
0: Haney, an evangelist who has since oh, passed mercy. away. But he says, you know what? He's like, he called 12 knuckleheads and turned the world upside down. And he could have done it by himself, but he chose. And he prayed. And yeah. he prayed, he gave them power to mm. preach, to heal, and to cast out demons. Love it. And so you see the small group, Jesus himself. Poured so the into 12 others.
1: disciples were a small group?
0: Yes, they were a small group. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well, it just seems like we're just seeing this all over the place.
0: Yeah, we, we are. <laughs> uh, so uh, as you can see, mark finley as well as we are trying to get you to be a part of a small group and yeah there's some reasons for that
1: yeah and you know just because we're not necessarily everywhere having physical services doesn't mean that you can't still have a small group right now yeah. right
0: yeah i know several times michael uh, and, and our family and mm-hmm. your family and then We had another professor here, and we get together in in a small group, and we have a service together. We had a great time the other day in the park. Yeah, we need to do that again. Yeah, 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 we we do, right? (laughs) Yeah. But but you need those because God created us to be with each other.
1: Community and and encourage one another.
0: Yeah, not just sitting in a church service, but a time and opportunity to share.
1: And I think that last one, we had a a surprise baptism, too. Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Never know what's going to happen at a small group like that. You have no idea. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I... I just love that, and the the time for fellowship, and I look forward to those times. You know, it just kind of keeps you going. And and right now, wherever our listeners may be listening from, you know, look for those opportunities for community. It may mean doing something outside, socially distant, or it could even mean a small group through Zoom. I've been surprised by several Sabbath schools that I've been a part of over the years that yes. have reached out and said, "Hey, here's some Zoom links and." that small group community, you know, checking in and making sure that people are doing all right. It's very encouraging to see that kind of thing taking place.
0: I love it. I love it. Well,
1: I guess that kind of leads us naturally to Tuesday's lesson on how do we organize that kind of thing? How does that happen? And the key text here that we have is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 12 to 25. I'm not going to take the time to read all of that. I'll just read a... I'll read a couple of very quick excerpts because it's a rather long passage, but basically it's um, saying that um, right here at the beginning, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So there's a unity that takes place. Mm. And yet within that unity, it says that there's all these different parts of the body, the the hand and the eye. And, you know, yes, they have sir. to work together. And, yes, uh, it, you know, the, one can't just do whatever it wants. No, we, we can't. I,
0: Sometimes we want it to, but it
1: can't. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, just as the body is very interconnected, we're all dependent upon uh, with our, our bodies dependent upon one another. In the Christian Church, we're all interdependent upon one another. Um, and by the way, I might even say we're on a university campus. We're interdependent upon one another. We can't all teach all the same classes. No. Uh, we need administrators to kind of look at the big picture. We need students. We need deans and the take care of students i mean all of that that's kind of a since we're on a university campus a similar kind of comparison we all have different roles uh and it takes all of us pitching in and working together uh in order to make a school like this work
0: it's very much true i mean in the same thing in your household right yeah you guys divide up different things your Mm -hmm. workplace yeah right and so organization is needed it It is its
1: it is. And each provides value and meaning. And there's no part of the body that's lesser than another. They all work in tandem together to be successful. Oh, another kind of example is kind of interesting. Dr. Shaw, our university president here at Southwestern, he was telling our students uh, right at the beginning at orientation that interdependentness, just like the body, he was using the analogy of all of us having to wear face masks, all of us having to pitch in. If, if just half the campus wanted to start wearing face masks, whatever, it would actually, we'd probably have a break out of the COVID-19. But oh, yeah. again, it takes everybody pitching in, not not just half or a percentage. Everyone has to work together to keep our campus safe so that we can keep having classes in person.
0: I always like to say we're as strong as our weakest link. Lord mm. help us. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so and that's a reminder that we have to all pitch in and help encourage each other and To be careful and everything else, but similar kinds of analogies. But I think Scripture is very clear. It takes all of us. All of us have different spiritual gifts, and together, um, and some people are more organized than others. You know, it's Um, true. Some people have more of an ability to gather a group together. Um, But whatever your spiritual gift may be, uh, make sure that you plug into some kind of small group so that you benefit as well as contribute to others' spirituality.
0: You, you know, speaking of that interdependence, mm-hmm. we see a little bit more of that in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Wednesday's lesson, on Acts 18, uh, verses 1 through 5, we yeah. see here that uh, Aquila and, and Priscilla... They actually invite Paul, and he actually stays in their home. He's Mm -hmm. still a tent maker. He still makes his way, but he was interdependent upon them for a place to stay, right? They opened up the gift of hospitality for him, Mm -hmm. and it it goes on the same thing that happens in in Acts chapter 20, verses uh, 1 through 4. Once again, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to read that, but Paul was in Macedonia, and once again, he had these people with him who were actually supporting with him and going with him. So I I know oftentimes we talk about uh, Paul's travels but Paul didn't travel alone. Uh, he had help. Yeah. He had financial help. He had uh, physical help. There were yeah. people that were with them, And those, those were also included in the, these ideas of small groups. And then we see here in Acts chapter 16, 11 through 15, uh, and uh, Acts uh, verse 40, and also Acts 12, 11 through 12, we see that there's this woman by the name of Lydia. Yeah. Uh, in Act 16, particularly, and she's a seller of purple. We're still, exactly trying to figure that out. But yeah. uh, we find out that she, after she's converted, she says, "You have to stay here." She opens yeah. up, opens up her home, and uh, and as a result, he actually ends up going to jail. They end up praying, and this uh, this master, this uh, this jailer was actually converted. Yeah. And first thing he does when he gets out, he goes back to Lydia's home. And same thing in Acts 12, there's uh, Mary, John Mark's mother, who actually, once again, is there praying mm. and opening up her home. We see wow. that we need each other. We need the gift of
1: hospitality. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, this uh, transitioning from, you know, the New Testament with small groups, um, what does that look like? And and Thursday's lesson kind of talks about that a little bit more in the book of Acts, it you does. know, where it's describing um, how... Those small groups, they were like fire. Yes, they were. I mean. Literally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy
1: Spirit came in. It was like fire. Tons of fire, right? <laughs> and verse 31 of Acts chapter 4 says, And when they had prayed, the place they in which they were gathered together was shaken. So can yeah. you imagine? Not just fire, but we're talking shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Boldness, yes. So, I, I just love this description that early Christian church, you know, they weren't perfect. No, they, they weren't. They had challenges, but yet they were willing to be used.
0: Yes. And notice, it yeah. didn't did have to have... A full church. They didn't have to have 500 no. people. No. So some of you are listening. You belong to a small congregation. Yeah. It can start with your small congregation. Just yeah. Just simply come together, praying for the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, there can be power. And you you don't have to physically be together to pray for the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Go ahead. I, I keep in my office here, Um, I can show Buster this because we're recording together, but the it's an archaeological plan of the Basilica of San Clement in Rome. Uh-huh. There's only two places in the world that I know of where you can actually go to what is most certainly an early Christian church. Oh, wow. Now, they didn't have buildings okay. because they were persecuted. Yeah, that's true. So, which meant naturally that the early Christians met as? Small groups. They yeah. met in people's homes. And this was actually, they know, as a Christian home from the first century. Amazing. You go down today, there, of course, there's a fancy church on top. We go way down into the basement and then you go down and then you go down even some more all the way to the so where archaeologists can identify. It's the first century. And small little room. I remember just standing in that little room imagining people praying. And it probably couldn't have had more than uh, six or seven, maybe eight people at most just because... They were limited by space. And if they wanted another group, they had to meet somewhere else just because. They had to splinter off. They they, had to. And so small groups would naturally multiply. And I just, as I read that verse, I was thinking, envisioning a small group of people there on fire with holy boldness um, as God had awoken, awakened them to realize and to share what it was that they, and it was contagious.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I pray that that's contagious for us today. Right. That whatever God is pouring into our hearts to share, that we share it. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a holistic message. Yeah. It's not just one of fear, because I know there's a lot of fear going, fear-mongering going going around right now. Right. A lot of conspiracy theories that are being thrown out there. Some of them have elements of truth. I'm not, I'm not discounting all yeah. of them. What I'm saying is the holistic message is God's love mixed with the, the reality that's going in our world, mixed yeah. in yeah. with... Just the truth, which is yeah. God has a plan for us still.
1: Yeah. You know, and the, and the best thing is, you know, and by the way, the first century, they had epidemics too. Yes, they did. Some people think that the first outbreak of smallpox took place in the in the AD 50s, which would have been the time of the New Testament when a lot of the Book of Acts and some of the other uh, writings to the Apostle Paul would have been written, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and people were dying. And yet um, this, is, this was considered everyday and normal back then that, you know, people... People's mortality was what it was. Yeah, we also, um,
0: we also see leprosy.
1: Yeah, leprosy, all kinds of issues yeah. and problems, and yet their focus was on the gospel.
0: Yeah, still go out, still preach the gospel, mm-hmm. and do it safely, though. You know, Do it they, safely. Um, they, have, they, have, they have rules and regulations on these things.
1: Yeah, and, and what is interesting is, you know, they had a hope that worst-case scenario is if you contracted some deadly disease, at least you still know you have a hope where... Uh, what happens after death, all of those kinds of things. and the, So the gospel is good news versus living with a sense of almost doom and foreboding, knowing, oh, well, if I die from this disease, what happens? I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, we, we do have hope because we have the blessed hope that is Jesus Christ. Amen. Absolutely.
1: And and I just, you know, coming back to these small groups, um, the early Christian church, they were in fire. And I think just by the reality of the world in which they live, lived, they had to have small groups. And uh, in today's world, we're encouraged, you know, um, in the lesson, there's even a reference to Ellen White in seventh volume of the testimonies, have small groups that this is God's divine plan that we need to follow in that same path, not to build huge churches and huge audiences that the the core of the Christian church has always been both from the first century and must remain today in small, connected through small groups. Yeah.
0: And even if you do belong to a large congregation, yeah. you still need that personal touch, that personal connection. If yeah. you don't have that, if you're just going and at attending church... Notice it does not say, go ye therefore and attend church. No, he right. calls you, go ye therefore and be a disciple. Yeah. Disciples do not attend church. They are the church. We yeah. are the church. Yeah. So therefore, don't just attend anymore. Yeah. Be a part of a small group and yeah. get to know people and minister to people.
1: And it's interesting to me, even some of the, I, mean, I don't have anything against large churches, but some of the most successful large churches are based on small yes. groups once again. Yes,
0: yes, And that's powerful. And that's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with belonging to a large congregation. Yeah. But if you're belonging to a large congregation to duck out of meeting with people, you're in you're, you're in, in trouble. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. You're in the wrong. I'm telling you now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think we've uh covered it pretty well already, so
0: Yeah, I believe so.
1: So just once again, I just want to encourage our listeners find a small group uh and maybe if there isn't one around you, think and pray. Maybe God may be uh giving you an opportunity to start one.
0: I concur with that and I guess this is
1: another uh, wrap on this week, huh? Yeah, I guess this is uh, Soup
0: and Swoops signing
1: Signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has, for over 125 years, provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching
0: with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.